This is Buck's First Thoughts, the news you need to get through your day in 45 minutes. Make sure you subscribe on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. It was inevitable that at some point people would figure out that the border is a total mess and the people in the media are lying to you about it. That was just going to happen. It was a question of how long it would take. I mean, I know that there are those Democrats who are actually open borders ideologically, and so they don't really care what a mess things have turned into down there. But there are some others, I think, who really believe the propaganda from the Biden administration. They really think that they're being told the truth. And now we're saying, hold on a second. You mean they might actually start building wall? They might act. This is the Biden administration. They might start going after sanctuary cities. They might start prosecuting illegals who cross more than once or have other additional criminality. This is what's being said now. You're not really hearing a lot about it, though, are you? It's because the politics of this are turning against the Democrats. And uh, the media, as you know, doesn't want you to know what's really happening. They're always engaged in propaganda. And that includes social media companies. As, as I'm sure you're aware, there's an effort underway from social media giants to suppress speech and also to punish people who step out of line with their political opinions. And that's why I really urge you right now, you got to get ExpressVPN. That's what I have. Because everything you search for, click, or watch online can be tracked, is tracked by the big tech companies. And then they match your activity to your identity using your device's IP address. Well, when I turn on my ExpressVPN, this is on my computer, my iPhone, you name it, my IP address is masked by a secure VPN server. It makes it a lot harder for websites to identify me. The ExpressVPN app, which is so easy, just download it to your phone. It takes a minute. Uh, encrypts your network's data to protect sensitive information from being compromised. Plus, you can use it on up to five devices simultaneously. Stop handing over your data to big tech companies, okay? Go with the VPN that I trust for online protection. Right now, trust me, go to expressvpn.com slash buck to get three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash buck to get three extra months free expressvpn.com slash buck the border is a mess you know that it's very clear based on all the news stories that you can see on this and if you just read the basic facts and figures or if you really just understand the democrats view on the border i mean they they tell you things that are not what they really think and believe for public consumption so they can fool enough of the country that they can get away with this stuff for a little while. But that's starting to slip. They got problems. You have right now at the U.S.-Mexico border the highest number of illegal crossings in 20 years. That's right, in 20 years, friends. And if you go back to the late 90s and, and uh, if you go back to the periods where you had border crossings along these similar lines, there were just single males who were crossing the border. It wasn't family units, wasn't unaccompanied children. And they were doing it in such large numbers and with such ease that they would go back and forth illegally across the border. You talk to Border Patrol, you can hear the stories about this. Sometimes they would just line up 100 guys right at the uh, Tijuana-San Diego border, and they would just all do essentially a jailbreak run where they just go across and act like, you know, or, or, or wait to see if anyone could actually tackle them from Border Patrol. That's how easy it was then. It's easier now, in a sense, because you don't even have to run. You just 
If you want to cross into the country illegally, wave them down and say you want asylum. It's all. It's all you have to do. And this, as I've said all along, is because of the incentives in place right now. The people who are at the southern border and trying to control this border patrol, immigration and customs enforcement, they don't have the political backing or the resources necessary to do the job that they want to do. They're entrusted to do on behalf of the American people. And they will tell you and they have been telling people that I are, are, am in contact with who are down there. And also, as I said, I'll be going down to the border myself in a couple of weeks to speak with all of them. Uh, they'll tell you that it's obvious why this is happening. People understand the Biden administration is not going to deport them and is welcoming to illegal crossings. That's it. It's very straightforward. But it's so straightforward at this point, given the numbers and the fact that you have a, a increasing public opinion turning on Joe Biden on this issue, because the more you see this and the more it keeps happening, you say, hold on a second. How exactly are they planning on stopping this? I've been telling you all along, this is just going to get worse. Why wouldn't it just get worse? What's the what's the downside? If you want to come to America illegally and stay here forever because it's a rich country with a big welfare state and a whole lot of economic opportunity. And as I've always said, I, I have no animosity. I have I have no ill will toward people who are crossing into the United States illegally. I understand why they're doing this, but I also understand why we have to have a border and law and order and sovereignty or else the country starts to just evaporate over time. What is a country without borders? These are fundamental questions that used to be agreed upon by the American people, but now it's changed dramatically, as you know. You can't have a welfare state and open borders. You can go back to Milton Friedman. It's quite obvious why that's the case. And given the amount of money that we're spending now, the trillions of dollars we're throwing around, you start to see that the whole system is feeling a bit wobbly. And certainly our immigration system is coming apart so much so that the Biden administration is now. And this is the this is the great part of it. Considering what would you call it? Uh, Trumpian border policies or at least a move toward them. What do I mean specifically? Well, DHS, according to a virtual town hall with the chief of DHS, Mayorkas, may start to prosecute some illegal crossers, especially those who are crossing for a second time. As I've told you, even if you did get turned back, there's no downside to trying it again. You might have to pay off the smugglers a second time, but that's it. There's no reason not to try again because they're not punishing people. Turns out that's actually a felony. It's a misdemeanor to cross into the United States the first time illegally. Second time you do it, it's a felony. You think they're prosecuting people under that? Well, they might have to, because if you don't, guess what? People keep coming. You don't just deport them once. You have to deport them a second time, maybe a third time. And they're seeing this now. Another one, and this is this is classic. They may fill in gaps in the border wall. The Biden administration may fill in some of the gaps in the border wall. Now, part of this is because the funding has already been allocated and they're saying there are these legal reasons for why the funding must be used. But they're also admitting, well, yeah, in some places, it's actually probably a good thing to have a finished fence, a finished wall. I've been to different sections of border wall, spoken to the Border Patrol about this at length. Walls work. I mean, of all the stupid things that Democrats said 
during the Trump administration that walls don't work maybe even more blatantly idiotic than Trump worked with Putin and Russia to steal the election through collusion that somehow there was no evidence of. And as we know from the very extensive investigations about it, it was all a fabrication. Uh, it's even dumber to say that the walls don't work. That's like saying water is not wet, right? That's like saying so up is not uh, up is not up. Down is up. Up is down. It's meant to exhaust you intellectually and to confuse you the way the Biden administration approaches so many things. You're seeing this now with infrastructure. Uh, you'll, you'll see them say that you know, everything is infrastructure now. I saw Kirsten Gillibrand on Twitter, the Democrat senator from New York, saying child care is infrastructure. Health care is infrastructure. N- no, actually, child care is child care. It's not infrastructure. But they're going to say that everything is infrastructure now because it's propaganda. We're not idiots. We know that what they're saying isn't true, but they don't care. And they can fool the simple for the benefit of the powerful. That's the plan. That's exactly what they're doing right now. Which brings me to uh, what's actually happening at the border. DHS Secretary Mayorkas is saying that they will maybe fill in some gaps. You know, just, just fill in some gaps in that wall. Why would you do that? I mean, walls don't work, they told us. Oh, it turns out that was a big lie. And, and a really dumb one, too. You know, we, we all understand walls don't work. The people that tell you masks work so well also tell you walls don't work. But there are walls all over the place seem to work pretty well. Illegal crossings may be prosecuted under certain circumstances now. There was a whole movement, and it still is, among Democrats like AOC to make illegal crossing no longer a crime. Which, how are you ever going to stop border surges then and they also are saying the Biden administration is saying through this Mayorkas town hall for DHS they'll take on sanctuary cities that won't assist federal law enforcement wait hold on a second I I need to make sure that I'm oh no I'm 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 double checking my work here yeah that is what they are claiming that is what they are saying that they are, are going to, this is the headline from Daily Mail, no more Mr. Nice Guy, Biden's Homeland Security Secretary now says he wants to prosecute more illegal immigrants and will crack down on Democrat sanctuary cities that refuse to work with ICE. Cracking down on sanctuary cities? Really? Uh, what are we now, three, four months into the Biden administration? And they're already realizing obvious reality which is that the status quo at the border, which is open borders, is unsustainable, even for crazy Democrats. Now, they don't mind the outcome of this in terms of the population inflow to the United States of illegals. That's not their problem. The problem is the American people are starting to see this as much as the media is trying to cover up and soft pedal it and make it seem like it's not that bad and trying to downplay all this. The American people are seeing this and saying, what the heck is going on down there? And it's being reflected in the polling numbers. It's being reflected in public perception. So now they at least have to start to pay lip service to what would be termed in a normal world border security, which they do not have right now. Didn't take very long. Did I remember kids in cages, and how awful Trump was and everything else? Maybe they just were trying to do the best they could under difficult circumstances to actually secure the border 
not to kick it wide open and then say, oh, we don't know how this happened. Oh, this is crazy. It's a crazy world we live in, folks. Guess we can't do anything about it. You know, maybe Biden will give another speech where he sort of squints and mutters some stuff to the American people where he's, you know, you know, guys, uh, you know, I'm your leader. And, you know, I got things to say. It's unbelievable this guy is the president, but he is. Thanks, Democrats. What a joke. Oh, and then there's Kamala, the border czar, Kamala Harris, put in charge of this. You know, what's fascinating about Kamala Harris. Uh, she has the fanciest taxpayer funded transportation system possible, right? Air Force Two or, or whatever, the vice president's plane. I, I, I forget what, what is, is it, I don't know, whatever. I mean, there's Marine One, there's Air Force Two, I, I guess. Whatever it is, she's on a fancy plane paid for by the taxpayer. She can go anywhere she wants pretty much on a moment's notice. She's been all over the place, been on the West Coast, the East Coast. She's she's stopped all over the country, have flown all across the country. She's in uh, Brentwood, California. She's flying all over the place and hasn't been to the border. So she's a border czar who's in charge of this, but doesn't seem to want to actually go see the crisis herself. Isn't that just so strange? Well, because any photo ops might backfire. You can't have her standing at these grossly overcrowded facilities where there's no social distancing and people are spreading COVID all over the place and kids are in really uh, nasty circumstances there as as well as other people that are being held in detention at the border. Uh, You can't go to these overflowing facilities and put on a big smile and say, look at what a great job we're doing. So she's avoiding it. That Kamala is not going to the border, that she laughs when she's asked about going to the border and she's in charge of this as the vice president of this administration is a metaphor for the whole situation. They're just trying to cover up their eyes and just say, ah, we don't really know. Maybe there's a problem. Maybe there's not. But let's not focus too much on it. Oh, no, there's a big problem and they can't solve it unless they're willing to do the one thing they really don't want to do which has approached the border in a way more similar to the Trump administration. The virus is spreading because we have too many people who seen the end in sight think we're at the finish line already. But let me be deadly earnest with you. We aren't at the finish line. We still have a lot of work to do. We're still in a life and death race against this virus. Until we get more people vaccinated, we need everyone to wash their hands socially distance and mask up in a recommended mask from the CDC. Think about it this way. Better times are ahead. Think about it this way. Joe Biden's a moron and doesn't know anything and says the same crap all the time. And it's not actually helping. He doesn't know why there's been a surge in five states, basically, that have accounted for a whole lot of the spread, including New York, New Jersey, Michigan. Uh, You know, the cases recently, they're also not separating out cases from hospitalizations and fatalities because younger people getting this is not a problem. Older people getting this is the problem. So as long as seniors are vaccinated and not part of the wave that's going on right now, the surge, we really don't have anything to to be worried about. But that would be a rational, reasonable way to approach this. I just had COVID. I remember when I I called my doc. 
said, I got COVID. He's like, yeah, you'll be fine. Do this, do that. Drink some fluids. You're in the, you're in the low risk category. If a problem comes up, you call me. Okay. That was it. And then I stayed home for a while, right? Now I'm lucky because I'm at a relatively low risk from COVID based on my age and, and characteristics, comorbidities, et cetera. Uh, but there are a lot of other people out there who are in the same position. I was going into an office every day. I was going about my life. And sure enough, I got it. I did all the things they told me I had to do, which, as you know, I'm highly skeptical of and think are mostly worthless. But I did those things, still got sick. But you know what? Fine. I wouldn't change a darn thing. I mean, I would have rather not gotten it if I could have chosen. But I'm just saying I would have lived my life differently over the last year. In fact, if anything, I would have said, well, why am I doing all this crap? I'm likely to get it over the course of the year anyway. I'm not going to be first in line for the vaccine by a long shot. So, you know, maybe I should just be able to live my life. Oh, but it's always the risk to other people, they say. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty amazing. I mean, I, I was with my girlfriend the day that I basically came down with symptoms, with her the whole day in close contact. She's fine. She never got sick. There's so much about this virus that we don't understand still when it comes to transmission. They won't tell you that, but it's true. We understand the basics. Yes, it's aerosolized virus, and it gets in your system, and... But human patterns of behavior and how little, anyway, I, you, you all know how I feel about this. But the mask up, we're not at the end, we're not at the end. I mean, just wait until they realize that there will, there will always be coronavirus out there and there will be mutations of coronavirus in the future. And they're going to want to have this ability to just sort of shut down or close down parts of society. Remember, we never went into a true lockdown. Never. Not in this country. I mean, maybe for the first two weeks, something that was kind of close to one. But we, what we always had was this pick and choose, arbitrary. Some businesses shut down, others open. Some, you know, some employers keep people coming in, others don't. It, it was all it was all absurd the whole time and arbitrary and didn't work. But now Biden's got the answers because oh, people see the end. No, that's not. He doesn't know that. Are they seeing the end in Texas and that's why bad things are happening? Oh, no, Texas is getting better. Somehow Fauci, notice Fauci can't even give you an answer. At least he's admits that, you know, he's like, well, it could be this. It could be that a little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know, mitigation, plateau, mask up, the whole thing. And yet Biden, who I wouldn't trust to teach a fifth grade social studies class, he's out there, you know, mask up, wash your hands. Yeah, wash your hands. Just repeat that a million times a day. I'm sure that's really going to save a lot of folks. Sure. Remember when they were telling us in the beginning it was all about hand washing? You notice they, they slowed down on that because, no, it's really about aerosolized virus, which means virus particles that are free-floating in the air. That's how people get this. But they still do the whole, oh, you know, I'm going to give out Purell bottles to everybody on the airline. Yeah, that's great. So we all smell like rubbing alcohol. Yet they know that the politics of this are getting more complicated for them. They're not going to have vaccine passports, they say, from the federal government. Play six. The White House is ruling out any involvement in vaccine passports. What does that mean and why? So what the White House has said uh, and the administration has emphasized is that the, the government will not be requiring or issuing 
uh, vaccine credentials. Uh, and that's important to know. Now, the private sector has certainly uh, launched a number of initiatives to try to develop some sort of credential system uh, whereby people can attest to and confirm that they were vaccinated. And what the government and the administration really believes is that if the private sector is going to do that, that there need to be strict standards to ensure that people are protected, that their privacy is protected, and also to ensure that these are accessible to everyone and not only available to those uh, who have economic needs. What the Biden administration is going to do is push the private. That's what they're already doing. Push the private sector, encourage the private sector to set up vaccine passports. And then once that's happening in places, then there'll be a move for the federal government to just regulate what the private sector is already doing. Backdoor vaccine passport tyranny, folks. That's the plan. Wokeness really is a cancer on the mind of the American people. It's a. It's a, a, just a destructive, awful force. And the only way that we really get past it, I think, is if we fight against it. You know, there, there, was this, there was this mentality before that I think a lot of people had that, oh, it'll pass. You know, this is a fashion. It's a fad. And while I hope it's temporary, it's not going to be temporary, in my opinion, unless people start taking action unless people start doing things uh, that are meant to show that there will be consequences for companies that go woke go woke go broke it's got to be very very well known that that's that's the way this happens and then also uh, you know individuals need to find ways to reach out to each other to communicate and to do so so that we can organize remember the Tea Party movement of 2010, it was people at the local level coming together to create a national movement that delivered a devastating loss in the 2010 midterms to the Obama socialist agenda, right, with the Democrat Party. So that's really important. But, you know, if you've tried to share your political opinions on social media lately, you know that it's just fraught with peril. You could get kicked off. You have these big tech giants that will shut you down or even worse, they'll shadow ban you. So you think you're reaching people, but you're actually not. That happens to me all the time. That's why I really want you to check out caucusroom.com. Caucusroom.com, listen to this. It's a social media network exclusively for conservatives. Caucus Room is an online community for conservatives to gather and engage locally. It's only real people who are verified conservatives who can become Caucus Room members. And Caucus Room will never share your information with anyone ever. It's a great way to get engaged on issues where you can make the biggest difference locally. Okay, At Caucus Room, you can participate in live virtual meetings. They're so secure that Caucus Room played host to over a dozen virtual Republican Party conventions in the past year. All right, this is made by conservatives for conservatives to get organized and make a difference. Become a part of it today. Join the Buck Sexton Listeners Group. That's right, we have our own Team Buck Listeners Group, the Buck Sexton Listeners Group on caucusroom.com. That's C-A-U-C-U-S-R-O-O-M.com, caucusroom.com. Join, it's free. You can interact with other listeners just like you. Find other Team Buck, other conservatives in your area at caucusroom.com. I think that's up to the, uh, the masters. Look, uh, you know, um, it is reassuring to see that uh, for-profit operations and businesses are speaking up about how these new Jim Crow laws are just antithetical to who we are. 
there's another side to it, too. The other side to it, too, is when they, in fact, move out of Georgia, the people who need the help the most, people who are making hourly wages, sometimes get hurt the most. I think it's a very tough decision for a corporation to make or a group to make. But I respect them when they make that judgment, and I support whatever judgment they make. But it's the best way to deal with this is for Georgia and other states to smarten up. Stop it. Stop it. It's about getting people through. Stop it. Stop it. You know, smarten up. You know, you know I'm Joe, Joe Biden. I'm just, you know, just kind of whispery, and I'm like America's grandpa. Really, I'm just here to fool you so the socialists can take over and destroy everything and give your 12-year-old puberty-blocking drugs, because if you won't do that, you're a bad person. But, you know, I'm just good old Joe, Amtrak Joe, yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. First of all, to call, and, and, and I'm not going to budge on this, I'm not going to let this go, to call the Georgia voting law, uh, SB 202, the Voter Integrity Act, uh, Jim Crow, is a shameless, reckless, unsupportable, unfair, nasty, divisive, grotesque thing to say. And the president of the United States is saying, this is the uniter president, right? So it's going to be so much better than we had Trump. Trump was always dividing us. Biden will unite us. Anyone who believed that was not very smart. It's just true. It's just it's ridiculous. I mean, they can say that he's uniting Democrats. He's not uniting any Republicans with the other side on anything. Biden unites us on nothing. And he says things like it's uh, Jim Crow laws, which if you just do a quick Google search and familiarize yourself with what Jim Crow laws really were, say. How could Joe Biden be so scummy? How could he be so disingenuous? And oh, that's right. That's who Joe Biden is. That's who he has been all along. And now, you know, we're just seeing it, folks. You know, you got to smarten up. You got to, you know, you know, no joke. You know, I mean, the whole thing, it's absurd. Okay. But so then he did say something here that was interesting to me because I've been pointing out now for days. You know who really gets harmed by this decision by Major League Baseball uh, to move the game from Atlanta, to, as, as we mentioned, to Denver? And we love our Denver audience. We love our folks in the state of Colorado, Team Buck, and good for them to get the all-star game, although I think an all-star baseball game sounds like the most boring thing I've ever heard. But anyway, people do go to see it, and there is money that's generated from this. You're hurting stadium employees, guys selling hot dogs in the stands, uh, local restaurant and pub and bar owners, uh, people that have hotels or even Airbnbs near the site of the game. You know, that's who you're hurting. I, mean, I can't believe they said $100 million of revenue was the estimate. I, that's, that's astonishing to me, but that's what I'm told. I mean, I also think it's unbelievable that baseball players can make millions of dollars for a sport that seems like very few people watch and that's slowly dying. But anyway, people like it, so good for them. I mean, that's fine. I, I don't care. I'm just... I'm focused on the politics here, folks. I stay in my lane. Uh, but it is true that you punish people who don't deserve to be punished at all. But the problem with the Democrat approach to so many things is that they are collectivists and they believe in the emotions of the mob dictating action. And that's always going to result in people who are innocent, who did nothing wrong, 
suffering. Right? They, they want to show everybody how angry they are about something, show everybody how woke they are on a certain topic, and they take action, and those actions then harm people who have nothing to do with the actual topic at hand, really, but they got to sacrifice some folks. Where else do you see this? Not just with wokeness in Major League Baseball. You see it with the BLM movement and the destruction of businesses. And, you know, the, the Antifa lunatics burning down buildings and, and trying to burn down police stations. Well, they did burn down a police station in Minneapolis, as you know. That was BLM. Uh, but this is what ends up happening. And they, then they justify this because, well, we're angry. We're upset about something. So that means someone has to suffer. It's exactly the same mentality you see at work in Georgia. Georgia just voted for two, as a state, two Democrat senators, both of whom are preposterous, but they, they won. Two Democrat senators and voted for Joe Biden in the presidential election. Georgia is now thought of as a, as a flipped blue state, but because they're, they're passing at the state level an Election Integrity Act, they're going to treat it like it's the new home of Jim Crow laws. I mean, that's what they're saying. That's what Biden, the president of the United States, is saying. So they punish the whole state. Think of how stupid this is. And how utterly pointless. But that's why Joe Biden. Remember, it's pointless if you're a rational, reasonable person. But it's not about justice. It's not about punishing the guilty or doing something that is truly righteous and moral. It's about that feeling. It's about the mobilization of the left and that virtue signaling feeling that people have. of Oh, um, yeah, that's right. We're stopping Jim Crow laws in Georgia. Yeah. Go Major League Baseball. Yeah. That's that's the power of this left wing movement. That's where it derives all of its momentum. Just that the people can say, yeah, I feel better about myself. There's an emotional impulse. There's, there's an, an emotional need that is met here. They don't have to do anything. They risk nothing. They take no action. They go through no struggle. They just support this, and then they get to post it on their Facebook page. They can tell their friends, yeah, that's right. And all the journos write about this. We're standing up. It's a new civil rights movement. No, you're not, actually. You're hurting people, and it's stupid, and you're wrong. But Governor Abbott of the state of Texas has pointed out that Georgia's election laws, not only do we do a little comparison to the laws in Colorado, um, but also Georgia's election laws are, uh, in comparison to some other places, a whole lot more accommodating and likely to increase turnout and make things easy for people. Play clip one. Uh, the MLB was basically boycotting uh, the state of Georgia uh, that has laws that are more lenient for voters than the state of New York, than the state of Delaware, uh, where President Biden hails from himself, uh, and not knowing what the laws provide, not knowing that the laws actually did not crack down, but instead expanded the ability to vote. It is ridiculous that we have some of these organizations that know nothing whatsoever about what the law provides, but they're getting... And injecting themselves into politics in ways that are just flat out wrong. Doesn't matter that they're wrong, though, right? That's the way they view it. They got what they wanted, which was to stick their thumb in the eye of the other side of those bad Republicans. That it was all based in a lie doesn't matter. This is another central idea to the modern Democrat Party. If we get to slap our opponents in the face, it doesn't matter if it was based on a lie. It's not a problem for us. 
if we were wrong to do it because we want to slap them anyway. Case in point, after the uh, Boulder, the terrible mass shooting in Boulder happened, you had people all over the Internet, including Kamala Harris's niece and, you know, other other people who were saying things about how it's always a white male. It's always a white guy. And turned out it was an Islamist from Islamist immigrant from Syria named Al-Isa, as we know. And they have since stopped talking about this shooting entirely, kind of like the shooting that just happened in Maryland, which we'll discuss because that isn't getting any attention. There was an active shooter situation, shot a couple of people on an army base in Maryland. You'd think that there would be a little more attention paid to this, but but no, no. Why is that? Oh, I think we all know. But as I was telling everybody at the time, there was no shame or shock from the people that were saying it's always white male Trump supporters who are doing the mass shootings, which is, it just it, it's not true. So that's the big it, it, that's just not reality. That's not what the statistics show at all. But they don't care because it felt good to say it. It felt good to basically say blank you Trump supporters and to use a lie to do it. They don't care. They want that that emotional need to be met. They want that, yeah, we hate them. Anything that gives them an excuse for that, that's sufficient. That's entirely, uh, that's entirely justification. And that, that is their approach. So that's why, while we look at this Georgia thing, we say, so it makes no sense what Major League Baseball decided here. And remember, Major League Baseball is just the most visible because it moved the All-Star game. But there are all these woke companies. I mean, so many of them have signed the letter of solidarity. I think it's like 100 major companies have signed you know, public letters of solidarity with this. And there are smart people who work at these companies, but they're politicized. And so they don't care that what they're saying is bull crap. Uh, but the other part of it is you think maybe they're trying to focus attention away from the border. I mean, look, look around today. You'll see not that many news organizations are really spending time on what's happening at the border and certainly not in the change in policy that I've talked to you about, how they're doing Trumpier and Trumpier things at the border. You, you, don't, you don't pick up that, do you? What's that all about? Why is that the situation? Why is that the circumstance in which we find ourselves? Hmm. Almost like they don't want people to know what's really happening. Georgia just is a distraction, it's a mobilization. And like I said to you, if you are hoping that proving the wrongness, the intellectual and moral wrongness of their case here against Georgia is going to stop them or change their minds, you're, you are mistaken, which is why I'm telling you what really motivates them. They want to feel righteous and tall and strong and good and slap you in the face. That's it. The truth does not matter to the left in that regard. I think it's important to remember the context here. Uh, the Georgia legislation is built on a lie. Uh, it's there was no widespread fraud in the 2020 election. Uh, Georgia's top Republican election officials have acknowledged that repeatedly in interviews. Uh, and what there was, however, was record setting turnout, especially by voters of color. So. Instead, what we're seeing here is in, for politicians who didn't like the outcome, uh, they're not changing their policies uh, to win more votes. They're changing the rules to exclude more voters. And we certainly see the circumstances as different. It's just not true. I mean, she's lying to you. If, if we had an honest press, they'd say, what are you talking about? They're actually adding. They're adding Saturday early voting days. They're codifying things that were changes in the pandemic year 
that in some cases, like the drop boxes, in some cases are, are now going to be permanent and just make it all easier. They're adding some security measures. That's it. It's, it's all very standard. There's nothing about this that's discriminatory or racist, certainly not Jim Crow. But the Democrats have their narrative and they're going to run with it. Governor Kemp is sticking to his guns on this one, thankfully. Here's what he says about what's going on. Play 11. Do you believe Major League Baseball will live to regret this decision? Uh, yeah, I think they will. I mean, it's almost comical. Uh, just all of these hits that keep falling, moving the all-star game from a city that's, you know, or a metro area that's 51% African-American to a metro area that's 10% African-American that has less early voting days than Georgia has. They have 15. We have 17. They have a photo ID requirement for in-person voting as uh, as we do the voter ID here. I mean, it's insane. I mean, you, you compare where Major League Baseball is headquartered in New York. And we've, you know, I've talked to, to that that issue to nauseam really about the discrepancies and how they're boycotting and pulling games out of a state like ours, yet they're headquartered in a state that's more restricted than we are. I mean, it just doesn't add up. And I will tell you, the people here and all over the country have figured this out. They are outraged and they are sick and tired of the cancel culture. The truth does not matter to the left on this, though. The Democrats, it doesn't matter, as I've been telling you. You've got to, rem- you've got to remember that. That's central to all of this. And if, if you're wondering, you know, why are they doing this? Why pick this issue? What's this Biden administration? It's so left wing. It's so woke. Embraces so openly the cancel culture. Although, you know, Biden was asked about the PGA, Professional Golf Association, and playing the Masters in Augusta, Georgia. And uh, Biden said, oh, you know, we leave it up to them or something like that. Well, first of all, the Masters, I think, is already happening. So it's too late for that to be canceled. Uh, and be, but beyond that, you know, you start to say, OK, what state now everyone's figured out this game. What state are you going to move it to? That's going to be so much better. You want to make sure those voting laws are far more permissive than what you got in Georgia. Good luck with that. So that that causes problems for them. But who's really pulling the strings? Who's really calling the shots in this Biden administration? You know, Amtrak Joe is. A mediocrity. We're all very aware of that. He's not very bright. He doesn't really stand for anything. He's just been around forever and does whatever he needs to do. He's just a slimy politician. The guy has no no particular moral or ethical backbone. He's a Catholic who's for abortion all nine months of a pregnancy and then talks about how his faith guides him and all. I mean, the guy's a joke. But who's really calling the shots? You got to ask yourself that. And you got to listen to this. Play clip 10. So, um, uh, one other question about phone calls. Has President Biden spoken to President Obama about how to pass the infrastructure bill? Has President Obama given him any advice on how to pass that bill? They speak regularly. Uh, they, of course, were president and vice president, but they are also friends and they share a bond of serving through eight years of the Obama-Biden administration, but uh, also a personal friendship and kinship. Uh, and he speaks with him regularly, but uh, we're not going to read out those calls. No surprise there. Yeah, we're not going to read out those calls. This is where you, you have to understand the media is never going to tell you this openly or honestly, and they're going to shout you down for even saying this. You might as well have Obama as president still. Now, I know Biden is actually the president and he's in the Oval Office and he lives in the 
White House and all this stuff. But every major decision and every important call that the presidency is going to is going to make for the next four years, at least, is really going to be decided by Barack Hussein Obama. That's you see now it's all starting to make sense, is it? Now it's all coming together because you wondered how could the left of the Democrats Biden's such a loser. But he won. But how did that happen? Well, because the Democrat establishment knew that he's the perfect guy to be there because that will mean that Obama's effectively this, the president from afar. I mean, he's actually going to be calling the shots. Oh, it all makes sense. What Republicans will actually stand up against this woke left wing Biden administration madness? Who's really willing and able to have this fight? And to stay in it. Not a lot these days. uh, Not a lot of people that you see who have a real national profile and uh, seem like they're to be trusted on these policy matters. You know, I'm I'm seeing more and more of the uh, of the fallout of what was a an interview last night on Tucker Carlson's show, which, as you know, is the number one cable news show across all all channels on cable news by far. I mean, Tucker's show is completely, uh, you know, head and shoulders and in, in audience numbers above the other shows on Fox and and on uh, CNN and MSNBC. And you start to see why. I mean, it's become the place for cable news commentary, cable news commentary on the right. And one of the few places where you'll see interviews of people on our own side where they'll be asked the questions that need to be asked without without uh, pandering without oh well you know you gave us this interview so you know if, if if we have to go a little soft on you go a little easy on you you know we're willing to do that um no that's not what they do over there we saw governor Nome go on Tucker Carlson's show and try to defend with just gibberish. I mean, what she was saying was was absurd. It was, you know, no, it's a trial lawyer's dream, and we just want to change to a few things here, and they'll send it back. No, she vetoed it, folks. She was she was trying to pull a fast one. She got caught. She's a big phony. Sorry, South Dakota. Corporate interests. She wants to be liked by them. She wants those board seats, you know, when she's no longer governor presidency's four years away that's a big thing to try to get involved with gonna get a lot of hate doesn't want to deal with it sorry i know we want i know we want a republican female president and and you see somebody who seems well-spoken and is telegenic and you figure okay well maybe this is this is it you know we had sarah palin in that in that position generally speaking didn't work out now we have christy Nome. i think she's at the national level i think she's done and I know people have given her a lot of credit because South Dakota stayed pretty open. But I mean, it's as I've said, it's South Dakota and South Dakota actually has the I think it's the sixth or seventh highest mortality per capita in the country. So South Dakota did not actually do very well. If we're really going to if we're really going to speak truth, which is what we do on this show, didn't do very well against covid comparative uh, compared to other states. You know, Florida, huge state, very dense middle of the per capita mortality nationwide, actually on the on the better half uh, of the 50 states. South Dakota is like number, I don't know, I've, I haven't checked the numbers in a couple of weeks, but it was number five or six, maybe, maybe number seven last time I checked. That's not good for a state that doesn't even have a single major city. So, yeah. Christy Nome went on air and she tried to she tried to get cute. She tried to pull a fast one. She got a little smarmy with Tucker 
And we saw who she really was. And I'm not going to forget it. So there's that. And then you had this guy, Asa Hutchinson, the governor, another governor. And remember, Republicans, we, we like people that are in charge, make calls as politicians and elevate them. So we want to have governors usually as president or even an outsider, as we see with Trump. Democrats like to have senators. They like to have people that are you know, consensus institutionalists and elevate them to look at Joe Biden, elevate them to the presidential role. I know he was vice president, but come on. Uh, it was Joe Biden. You know, it was really tough. Uh, you had Asa Hutchinson on last night, and he went into Tucker's Thunderdome and did not come out well at all. It was political nuclear meltdown. And you, you can watch it. It's about nine minutes long. It's all over the Internet now. You watch the clip. And, and Hutchinson really just went in there with such a weak argument. I, I don't know. Maybe he hasn't been subjected because he's in Arkansas and it's a red state. And maybe he hasn't been subjected to having to really debate at a high level in that regard. I don't know. I was shocked at how inept the guy looked. But this is once again on the issue of trans. Same thing that got Christy Nome all jammed up. Transgender rights, the new transgender civil rights movement. And anybody who's looking at the actual data numbers would say, hold on a second, we've had a 2,000% increase in, uh, in teen and adolescent gender dysphoria and child gender dysphoria. 2,000% increase in the last 10 years. Hmm. I mean, it, you know, this is where you start to say, is there something in, in, in our drinking water or are we in the, in the midst of a, a, moral, a moral fashion that has turned into a moral panic? And that's why there's all this pressure on kids, social contagion among kids. They see other kids get a lot of attention for this or they have strange emotions or feelings at that age. They don't know how to process it. Uh, and no, we're not only not allowed to talk about it. Remember, there are some things all you have to know is when, when they won't let you have a conversation about something that matters, then you really need to have the conversation. And this is yet another instance of that. This is another another moment, another period where you'd say, oh, okay. And that then brings me to what happened with Asa Hutchinson, governor of Arkansas. So he vetoed and was overridden by his own state legislature. So they, they, they were able to override the veto of the governor on this one. So Republicans, the state of Arkansas and the state legislature, they're saying, no, 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 we're, we're, we're actually supporting this. Which means you say, well, hold on a second. How could Asa Hutchinson get this thing so wrong? What's really his argument about this? Well, here's just a piece of what was about a nine-minute-long interview. Play three. Issues that you have to address the legislature. You make judgment calls on it. But we also try to restrain ourselves as conservatives and say we don't have to be involved in every issue. And if you want to broaden the party, if you want to get back to the principles, then let's at least think through in a reasoned way as to whether this is the right bill to interfere with parents and doctors decisions on a health care matter as you pointed out has does not have thorough research in every area and so 
I yield to that. <laughs> but and you, whenever you look at this you, bill, in you my yield veto to the lack of, of research. Really quick, 10 years ago, if somebody had said, hey, Asa Hutchinson, you're going to be governor of Arkansas, and you're going to veto a bill that would have protected children from chemical castration, what do you think you would have said? Well, just like I said today, if you're talking about a reassignment surgery, I would have signed that bill in a minute. But whenever you're talking about maybe less than 200 kids in Arkansas that's currently on hormone treatment and they are immediately cut off without having a grandfather clause in this legislation, I don't think that's treating those kids or their parents or their yeah. health care providers fairly or equally. So here's a Republican governor of a very Republican state who is vetoing legislation from fellow Republican legislators because he wants to make sure that the small, relatively small number of children who are on drugs that are given to people, to, uh, given to adults to chemically castrate them. These are hormone blocking drugs with enormous emotional and physical implications. They're giving this to kids. And he won't say we won't we, we can't do this in our state anymore. As Tucker pointed out in the interview, you can't give a 15 year old, you know, a glass of Johnny Walker. Doesn't matter if you think they're really mature or whatever. Nope, you're not, not allowed to give kids that. You can't let 12-year-olds get married. You know, there, there are rules out there for children. Doesn't matter what the parents and the doctors think. But no, no, we, we won't take a stand on this issue because we want to we want to uh, make room for the, um, when I say we, I'm talking about this is the argument Asa Hutchinson's making. He wants to make sure there's room for radical transgender ideology to uh Effect to, to really sacrifice our children on the altar of that radical transgender ideology. And this is an ideological thing. This is why when a peer reviewed paper on on contagion among children with transgender contagion, where when one kid comes out as transgender, all of a sudden there's all these other kids in the class that are much, much more likely to come out as transgender. When that when that paper came out of Brown University, they had to shut it down, erase it from the Internet right away because normal people would see that and say, hmm. Is this a meaning transgenderism for children? Is this a social construct being imposed on children by adults? Or is this really a, a critical human rights issue of of basic identity? You know, I, I'm I'm wondering, you know, at what point I mean, the medical profession has lost a lot of credibility over the course of the pandemic from doctors. And I'm going to be specific here. From doctors who one minute are telling you don't leave your house, don't go outside, it's reckless and you're putting lives at risk. You know, that was last April, last May, a year ago. But then all of a sudden, you know, Black Lives Matter protesters are out there in the streets and the same MDs are saying, well, this is actually saving lives. So, sure, go out, gather in big groups. It's fine now. Right? We, we've seen that doctors scientists just like any other profession are subject to politicization are subject to biases and and personal prejudices that comes into their work but people try to cover over that uh, they try to, to cover it up they, they they want to elevate this priesthood of the scientists in, in order to control all of us and i mean i can tell you that marxism as an ideology is built upon pseudo-scientific language. They try to create mechanized structures for language and thinking to make it seem like this is reasonable, rational, make sense, will be good. 
And they use a lot of, fan- I'm being serious, they use a lot of fancy big words for what amounts to a complete ignorance of actual human nature, history, and what will create a good society. But they create a pseudo-scientific jargon around Marxism in order to make it seem more credible. What does that, who does that remind you of as we sit here talking about intersectionality? Wait, when, when people who are woke speak, do they use words that are either new constructs, things like cisgender, and I mentioned intersectionality, you know, transgender human rights, uh, human rights causes. You look at the way they speak about that issue and things that are said, and there's always this evolution of language meant to, Gender dysphoria as opposed to gender identity disorder. They change the language in order to make it seem like there's a scientific and rational basis behind this when really it's just about control and shutting down arguments, shutting down debate and ignoring what is true, what is reasonable and what is right. Asa Hutchinson is either not very smart or a coward or both. And he was exposed on Tucker Carlson's show in a way that I think anybody who's anybody who's thinking about running for president on the Republican ticket should have to go on TV and, and, and explain important decisions like this and get real questions asked. One of my big concerns, one of my big problems with what's happened in media in general is we do not debate anymore. There are no, people will not risk their brands. You will not have any nobody these days who has a lot of followers and is making uh, you know a lot of money in media or making a really good living in media, no one will put themselves in a position where they have to, on a level playing field with equal time, really throw down with somebody over what they're saying, what they believe. And I, it's one of the things, when I first got into this business, I, I always was saying, I, I want to get out there. I want to be in debates. I, I don't want to debate you know, emotionally fragile 19-year-olds from some third-tier state university somewhere. I mean, I know conservatives all like that stuff. That's, no, I actually want to go up and debate, you know, I'll, I'll debate Joe Scarborough or Rachel Maddow. Or, and I know they'd say, oh, we're too big and important to debate that guy, although, you know, really. Uh, but, you know, pick somebody. Pick somebody who's legitimate. Pick somebody who really represents the left, who wants to have a debate on these issues. There is no form. There's no place. Going on CNN as a conservative to get shouted over and smeared for three minutes before they go to commercial breaks. You can see your new Toyota. I mean, that doesn't count. Going on the Bill Maher show, where you have four crazy libs, including the host, all shouting over you and cursing and everything else, that doesn't count. We do not have debates anymore, and it is lower, it's lowering the level of our intellectual discourse. And it's also, it also means, I mean, look, there are, there are some Republican voices. I mentioned Asa Hutchinson but there are Republican politicians and media stars who are just not very smart, not very good, don't know the ideology, don't know what they're saying. They just see whatever the hashtag is that's trending and they shout. I mean, that's a real thing that exists in the party. And yet we and, and, and in our discourse in general, but I don't know how we I don't know how we change it. You know, I, I, I feel like everyone now is we're all in our own corners, listening to our own propaganda machines echo chamber effect all the time i i wish we could have you know live debates televised debates gather in real places have people that have followings and and people that believe in them you know you're going to win some you're going to lose some too and i know that no not every issue as a conservative you're going to be in a place where you make the case and you know 51 percent of that audience is going to agree with you that's fine 
But otherwise, we get Asa Hutchinson saying, oh, it's not conservative to do that. Yeah, the guy was a, a joke.